Yes, we are live on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We're connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. We're keeping it low-key tonight, uh, heading into the holidays. I hope you guys have your Christmas shopping done, your Kwanzaa shopping. I think I, I wouldn't mention Hanukkah, but I think Hanukkah already passed, so uh, it's a little bit too late to do your Hanukkah shopping. But hopefully you guys are all ready. Alex Dono alongside my co-host, as always. Jerry Mancini. By the way, for anyone, whether you're watching us live or if you watch this later on on replay, do us a favor, smash the like button, the thumbs up, and also subscribe to our channel. Want to get that subscriber count up here at the Couch of Connection. So, Jerry, uh, a very busy day today, midweek round in the city. Uh, uh, let me go through the results real quick, and then we'll select a few games to talk about. Bologna blanked Sassuolo 3-0. Uh, your beloved Lazio, they got a little streak going now. They beat Venezia on the road 3-1. to one. Uh, Roma and Sampdoria tied 1-1. Verona and Fiorentina tied 1-1. Milan got a win 4-2 on the road at Empoli. And, Jerry, the shocking result of the day, and I know you didn't get a chance to watch this one yet, but I know you, and you're going to be, like, DVRing and watching, like, a 1,000 <laughs> games within the next day. This was a, a truly shocking result in the late games. Napoli fell to Spezia 1-0 at home. So it's just crazy. Like you talk about Pazza Napoli, right? They get a 1-0 win against Milan on the road last match day, and then they fall to Spezia 1-0 at home. And the crazy thing about this one is, you know, if they play this same match 10 times, Spezia probably only get the one win because they had zero shots on target. Like Napoli had a ton of chances, a ton of opportunities, couldn't score. Uh, Chucky Lozano, I know Napoli fans are very angry at him again because he had this unbelievable scoring chance with the goalkeeper completely out of position. It was actually stopped at the goal line by a defender. So Napoli, Napoli had wow. enough chances to win this game straight up. And then they lose this game despite not conceding a single shot on target. Spezia did not have a single shot on target. And so you're wondering, oh, how did they score? A penalty? No. It was an own goal by Juan Jesus on a set piece. And it actually, like, Jerry, it would have been a really nice header if he was an attacker, right? Because, like, he picked out the top corner. But it's like, you know, I'm sure he meant to send it out for a corner kick. But he scored what would have been a beautiful own goal. Uh, if he wasn't wearing the wrong jersey, it would have been a really nice goal. So that was a, a shocking result for Napoli, who... You know, and we all know why they're in such a tough period. They have a ton of injuries on the squad. Like, I sometimes joke, Jerry, about how, you know, Luciano Spalletti is their manager, so you're bound to have a winter blackout. And so maybe some sort of a winter blackout would have happened anyway. But I can't really rip Napoli too much because of, of all the injuries that they have right now. Like, they have very far from a full squad. And just with the flow of the game today, they, they deserved more than they got. But obviously... In Calcio, Jerry, you don't always get what you deserve on the pitch. No, no, absolutely. I, I don't know if Juan Z Jesus was trying, like, if it just, it was an unfortunate mistake or whatever it may be. I know that he's been a decent depth option in some of their games. Like, it hasn't been all bad aside from his mistake, but um, I guess it's an area that they didn't really address that much at center back. You lose Manolas. He's he's gone. They they need to sign somebody in the transfer market in order to replace that guy. I don't know who they're gonna go after. I don't know what their transfer strategy is. But uh, let, I don't want to criticize Juan Jesus his performance. Other, I don't like to to pick on a on a mistake because a mistake can always 
kind of overshadow a good performance, which is sometimes unfortunate. I, I didn't watch the game, but it, based on chat groups I'm in and a lot of people have a lot of hate towards Lozano right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how bad of a miss it was. And I, and I seen, and I seen... It, it, it was, it, it was, I mean, a great play by the defender to, to get in the way, but I mean, 99 times out of a hundred, mm-hmm. any, any attacker, you know, at the steady level would score on that chance. Yeah. Like not having Victor Osman, people are saying, Oh, if Osman was there, we would have won this game. You can't depend on just Osman though. You can't be, this is where they, they, they'll fall into the Lazio trap where you become Chiro Immobile dependent. It's like, Oh, if we had Immobile, we could have scored two goals. So the game would have been different. And it's like, we don't have uh, we need Immobile. And it's like, no, you, your teams need to figure out how to win games without your best striker. And, and your best player. So they did it on Sunday against Milan. And today, it, it sometimes it's just the luck doesn't go your way either. It, it happens. It's not just Napoli. It's happened to Milan many times this year too. And I can account maybe for even Lazio sometimes. Like it, it, It's the luck of the draw. But again, I don't want to criticize or anything to this game. I don't want to be biased if, when I haven't watched the game at all. So I think I don't want to embarrass myself. But for the most part, it's going to get worse next month for Napoli because of the AFCON uh, tournament that yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the African Nations Cup is going to be played. They have like four or five players that are in the did, tournament. Did you see, by the way, the story, uh, the news piece that our, our guy, uh, Billy, uh, he, he tweeted this to us that uh, not, and this is a total ADL move. Like this is very on brand for Aurelio Di Laurentiis that he is actually He's suing AFCON so that he won't have to send his players to AFCON. So it's like, so he's he's doing whatever he can not not to send uh, all the African players to that cup because he wants to keep as full of a squad as possible. I think it's stupid. Um, I think they have every right to play the tournament if they want. Um, if 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 the Euro Cup can be played during a pandemic and 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 during bad times and have up to what sixty thousand fans in a stadium. And no, no delays in games or anything like that. I don't see why the African Nations Cup cannot be played. It, it, yeah, the timing may be a little bit bad, but they have to get this done, I guess, before the World Cup is played. So there, there are probably very few options. You can't play in the summer because I think the players have to start the season earlier in order to accommodate the World Cup. So I, I could be wrong, but at the end of the day, the, Afcon's gonna laugh at him when they're saying, "Hey, you gotta if, if he's trying to sue them or whatever it may be, you gotta deal without your best players." It, it is unfortunate for Napoli. I do, I do agree, but um, I, I guess I, for Lazio, we're, we're fortunate that we don't have this situation. I probably wish that Marici was playing in the Afcon Cup. Probably would be beneficiary, but for us, benefic- beneficial. But that's not the case. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know who else is out for this. I don't know who goes to the African Cup. Honestly, I just know that Napoli's got the most guys going, and it could get much more. It can get more difficult for them in January, and and I, yeah. maybe they need to be uh, active in the transfer market and kind of address areas like now. Koulibaly is going to be out even further when he gets back. Like he's going to be going there, and that and this is already showing that without him, Rachmani has been a good center back he's been but he needs another partner beside him in order to help him and he doesn't have that right now and and 
Go cool Bali for what four or five games can be, yeah. Can, it can really hurt them, and like uh, I, I don't know what Napoli is gonna do in the market. I, I know that a lot of people say they have depth, and and they do. I I don't I don't think it's not. You can't say that they're they're not deep enough. I think they're probably deeper than Lazio. I'll give it that, and then probably a lot of other teams. But injuries compile, and if you have seven eight guys out, your depth. It's hard. You, you can't criticize that you have no depth when you have eight injuries. Okay. Yeah. The, the depth is there. It's just it, it's well, the thing. Like like when when you have this many players out, you need to get a little bit lucky sometimes, and they haven't really had that either. And it's like and and I've noticed that about Napoli, even going back to last season. I know it was a different manager with Gattuso, but many many of the same players. And yeah, they had injury troubles last year. Uh, last season, Osimhen got injured, and he got COVID. He didn't play a whole lot. And how many games do you remember, you know, this season and last season where Napoli just have so many chances to score and they just squander some of these sitters like it even it happened uh, this year and last year against Inter. I remember, uh, you know, the match that Inter won one nil against Napoli uh, in December of 2020. Uh, and, you know, Napoli just had a thousand. They should have won the game. Even when they were down a man, they should have won. They had so many chances. And then this year against Inter, they lost three to two, but they had uh, they had sitters, you know, to potentially tie the game up at three. They probably should have gotten a draw on that one. By the way, I've got a, a copy of the story about uh, Napoli potentially suing to keep their players because, you know, I, I didn't want to just give you like my summary of it and bullshit it and get the story completely wrong. So he, here's what it is. A, a Napoli lawyer warns that he may sue to prevent players traveling to play in the AFCON. Um, so a lawyer representing Napoli considering taking legal action to prevent players from taking part in the African Cup of Nations set to start next month. In the wake of the increase in positive COVID-19 test results around the world following the emergence of the Omicron variant, there have been doubts whether the tournament in Cameroon should go ahead. Cameroon reportedly only has around 5% of its population vaccinated. Wow, dude, that's like virtually nothing. Like only 5%? Leaving clubs concerned over the health of any players from Europe who may travel there. But Napoli lawyer Mattia Grassani has stated that action could be taken in regards to exempting European-based players from the tournament. Uh, and I'm not going to bore you with all the quotes, but so so what they would, and I, we don't even know if this lawsuit's going to get filed. This guy might just be talking mad shit, but I think the idea would be, you know, we don't want to send our players to play in a tournament where you're, you know, exposed to opposing teams, exposed potentially to the people around the country where only 5% of the population is vaccinated. Like that's like 5% vaccinated. It might as well be zero. Like I don't think 5% vaccinated is like protecting the spread of anything so i i can kind of i can kind of understand that like honestly that tournament probably should not even be taking place but um yeah it's it's rough man so i i wonder i wonder if they might actually have a chance to block that and then the question you brought it up jerry for the players you know that are supposed to play in that tournament how would they feel about it because representing your country in a gigantic international tournament you know it's their version of the euros representing your country in a tournament like that like it's one of the biggest honors you can get as a footballer i think that's a bad move by napoli i think you're gonna really piss off people like in the nhl okay for those who are north american listen to this pod or are familiar with the nhl they have an agreement or they they try to work an agreement with the olympics and there's a lot of paper and 
politics around it, basically, that the NHL doesn't want to pay anything that happens to the NHL player. If something happens in the Olympics, they are responsible. And it's vice versa that the Olympics shouldn't have to pay. And it's, I don't understand. Like, there's, there's all jargon around it. My point is that it got to the point where the NHL didn't have the players go to the Olympics, and it caused a lot of problems. And most notably, uh, Alexander Ovechkin was threatening the NHL because he wanted to represent his country at the Olympics. Now, my thing is that Koulibaly maybe want to play for his country. Maybe that's more important to him than Napoli. And there's no disrespect to that. There is nothing wrong with that because people, players prefer to be on the World Cup stage because they play for their country. It's the biggest tournament in the world. From I know World Cup is the biggest tournament in the world, but like Af- the AFCON is big to them. Yeah. It's big to them. In their and and own you got to remember, like, like some of the countries represented uh, may not even qualify for the World Cup. So it's like that, that that's as big as it gets for some of these guys. Can you imagine preventing five or six players on Napoli not going to play for their country? Like you oh. saw Victor Osman tweet out that I'm going to play for uh, – who does he play for? Uh, is it – I don't even know who he plays for. Is, to be it, uh, is it Niger- Nigeria or Niger- something? Uh, like, let, let me something. look it up. Hold on. Something. But he, he tweeted out that I'm going to go – and a lot of the fans, like, we should be Nigeria. back. Nigeria, yeah, it is Nigeria. Yeah. A lot of the fans don't want him to go. But because it, it becomes a personal interest now, everyone's looking out for their club. Well, you have to look out in the interest of the individual. And if he wants to play for his own country, I think that he has the right. I know that he had a serious injury, so you have to keep that into consideration too, right? So you, you also don't want this guy to have further long-term injury. But – regardless of him or anybody, like you, you can't restrict a player from their right. If, if if I'm allowed to go play in the Euros in the summer, what makes it different that you can go, yeah. I can't play to the AFCON. Like that's, yeah. it's not right, man. Like it, if I'm a player, I'll be like, okay, so why did Italy and Denmark and all then get to play in the summer? And I can't now, like that's just too bad. But I just think you don't do that, man. That's going to cause a lot of problems. It can cause ripple effects into the squad, and that's not just Napoli. If, if any other team follows suit, it, it could be, it could be bad. But you know what? Did anyone realize Lozano is shit since he made those comments that he wants a bigger move, a move to a bigger club? <laughs> David, you know, I, I think I think uh, he was struggling I, a little bit even before. He's struggling, that. yeah. He's going to, but, but it, it hasn't gotten any better. And because I, I remember I remember the timeline when he made those comments because a lot of the responses from Napoli supporters were this guy's not even playing well. How dare he say that when he's not even playing good football right now? So he, he was struggling a little bit before that. I, I want to go back uh, to this question from Bilal. And by the way, huge shout out and welcome, David. I've seen David active in the chat, Bilal active, uh, our buddy Ivano, uh, big Roma fan, active in the chat. Bilal says... Do you guys think Juventus can surprise everyone this season? If so, where will they finish? I mean, how big of a surprise are you expecting, I think, is the question there, because um, there, there's a lot of time. I mean, we're we're halfway through the season. Uh, they're currently 12 points out of first place. Um, I, I'm not sure, like, what the biggest second-half comeback is in Serie A history. I, I don't have that stat in front of me. 12, 12 points is, like, big. It, it's really – I mean, like – even if it was match day 10, 11, not 19, you would look at a 12 point gap and say, we got a lot of ground to cover. So 
Um, I'm not going to completely write them off, right? Because I'm not going to sit here as the Interista that says, oh, Juventus are finished. There's no chance they win a Scudetto. It would be, it's a huge mountain to climb. But Jerry, if you're talking top four, that's obviously a different conversation. And they're in fifth place now. Like, it's crazy. I feel like just a week ago, they were in eighth place. Uh, they're now fifth place with their 34 points. Let me see what, what's the, uh, in a, they're, they're two points in front of Roma and Fiorentina. And, you know, I listen, out of those three clubs, who would I expect to have a, a better finished uh, Juventus? But the, the thing is, uh, they're looking up at Atalanta. And Atalanta have had some some tough results lately, but we know what they're capable of. Napoli, who are on the ropes a little bit right now. So, honestly, like, Jerry, I'm going to go out and say it. I, I think Juventus are, are going to end up probably finishing third or fourth place. Like, they're, they're going to be... They're going to be in Champions League. It, it may be kind of dramatic getting in the way that it was last season. Maybe not quite that dramatic. We're starting to see them more often than not grinding out those pragmatic, allegri type of results. Um, I've been wrong before. I have a hard time seeing them making up a 12-point gap to win the league. But to make up a, I think they're in a four-point gap right now out of the final Champions League spot. I'm expecting them to finish top four. What about you? Um, I I can see it. Napoli is really struggling, and the fact that they're in the Europa League still doesn't really help them. You got yeah. Milan, who is comfortable, but even though they're out of the Europa League, it, it seems like this team just there's something about it that they struggle at times, but they look good at times. I don't know. Maybe not playing in any like competitions can really help them. Yeah, it could. I. I you have to remember Juventus is still in the Champions League, so that could have really hurt them come February. We don't know how they play midweek and then going into the weekend. Um, I, If you had to be realistic, I think that Juventus cannot be counted out on a top four spot because, oh, yeah, like sure. you said, they are finding ways, even though it's not pretty, they are finding ways to win matches. Um, again, you guys see how injuries play out. Um form, all that stuff. So for me, I don't watch enough Juventus because they're so fucking boring to watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're so dry that when they give, when they score the first goal, they just sit back for 90 minutes. I can't do it. I can't watch that kind of football. And to me, it's just like it, it's, it's dinosaur football. I just can't do it, man. Like it's you're, you're asking – they play like that in the Champions League, and they're asking for trouble. That that's that's really all I can say. But like you, I, I yeah, I, I just don't count on Juventus because, and I'm curious to see what they do in the transfer market too, if they make any moves. But um, yeah, you, you can't count them out. That's all I can say. So I wanted to talk uh, heavily in this episode about the the matches that the clubs we support played. Uh, you know, I know we we, we both watched. Uh, both of them. Let's start with uh, Inter 1-0 over Torino. Um, this, you know, it, it it played out in the the second half. Oh, and I like this comment from David, who's a Lazio supporter, so he's got a similar perspective on Simone Inzaghi as Jerry. Simone is truly great. In the last 15 years, only Juventus won more trophies than Lazio, and that is mostly thanks to him on breadcrumbs. Now it's like Popeye on spinach. Inter are champions, he says, not winter champions. Yeah, and I hadn't even actually mentioned yet on this episode that 
Uh, you know, we're we're halfway through the season. Uh, so Inter are the they are the winter scudetto winners. Woo! It doesn't mean shit to me. It doesn't mean anything to me. Um it doesn't guarantee any sort of second half success. I mean, Milan were winter Scudetto winners last season, and they they had a tough time. Uh, you know, they did finish second place last season, but twelve points behind. Uh, they had a tougher time in the second half of the year. So, it, winter it's not a real trophy. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's a good start. Like I'm happy about seven consecutive wins in the league. Uh, the most recent of those coming today. Uh, I knew Jerry that this was not going to be an easy fixture, even at home at the Meazza. Inter haven't lost at home this year, but. Uh, Torino under uh, Ivan Juric, just a really tough squad to break down. They hadn't lost in a long time, and I just I, I knew Inter would suffer a little bit in this game. Um, in the second half, they definitely did suffer. There were many many moments in the second half when I thought they were going to concede. When Inter had trouble getting out of their own half for long stretches in that second half, uh, I thought that the the absence of Barella, who was suspended in this match, really, really loomed large because I just thought uh, his physicality, his ability to break up attacks and just his lungs um, and his his quickness could have really helped Inter kind of break through and get out of their own half in that second half and maybe find their second goal. Um, Hakan Chahonolu played well, not as well as he's been playing for the previous five or six games, but he played Fine today. Uh, I just thought that they they looked very gassed out for a lot of that second half, and I credit to Torino. They made it very difficult for Inter, and pretty much, you know, probably eighty percent of the second half was in Inter's half. It was a tale of two halves, though, Jerry, because in the first half, Inter were flying. I thought Inter looked great in the first half. Uh, the goal scorer in this one, Denzel Dumfries, he looks like a new man. Um, I'm very very happy to see it because, you know, going back to uh, Late in the transfer window, when Inter signed Dumfries, I, I was really bullish on this player. I'd watched him put on the Netherlands shirt many times, and I knew, like, I thought he had the quality to be a serviceable Hakimi replacement. I'm not comparing the players, but I thought if you're going to have to replace a guy like Hakimi, I, I didn't think they could have done any better than Dumfries based on the players who were out there in their budget. So I was really happy they signed him, and he struggled for a long time. I mean, you and I both watched Dumfries, Jerry, a lot of games where. He made some defensive mistakes, and he got the final ball all wrong, was getting jeered by the fans. There was some Intedisti losing patience in him. He just looks like a, a more confident player. I give a lot of credit to Inzaghi and his staff for clearly they are they are teaching him the tactics necessary in Serie A because it's, it's so much more of a defensive league than the Dutch league that he came from. His defensive cover is a lot better, and he looks a lot more confident in the final third with his shot because the shot that he scored on was – perfectly placed it was a nice ball by Jekko a nice little dummy by Brozovic who I think was trying to do like a little back heel that he kind of missed on but the dummy still worked and it gave Dumfries a free shot on goal Inter honestly they could have and probably should have been up two three nil at halftime uh, they had some awesome opportunities in the first half to score uh, you know Lautaro I, I can't like blame him too much because he created the chance so nicely but then he couldn't finish it when he was able to uh, to dribble past the keeper, but shot it wide of the net, had like not really an open goal because the angle was really tough, but it was a beautiful chance he created for himself. Alessandro Bastoni had a nice chance, uh, and he actually he looked really good in this game, Bastoni. And it wasn't just marauding forward because he had a couple of good chances in the final third. Inzaghi gives him a lot of freedom, Bastoni, on the ball and to make runs. It kind of reminds me of. You know, the way Inzaghi was using a Cherby at Lazio, like he gives him a lot of freedom to go forward. 
But uh, Bastoni was also excellent defensively in this game. Like he broke up some Torino attacks in the box that, you know, made some big tackles that could have ended up being goals. Otherwise, DeVry, I thought, played uh, played well for Inter's defense. Also, you know, Brozovic, we got a pretty solid game from him. Uh, but no, I mean, Inter had opportunities from Lautaro, uh, Brozovic, Arturo Vidal had shots, uh, shot attempts in the first half, Bastoni. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I wasn't really that comfortable with the scoreline uh, going into halftime, but Inter had been in control of most of the game in the first half. So I thought, okay, the second goal is going to come, maybe a third goal will come. And then Torino just really flipped the game on its head. And then it wasn't until, you know, later on, because the team was looking dog tired when Simone Inzaghi uh, made some substitutions. Um, now, Matias Vecino dog shit he didn't do anything positive so that was not that was a substitution that didn't work out very well but they're a little bit thin in the midfield right now they they gave Vicino a shot uh he wasn't very good Stefano Sensi though I thought was pretty good uh in the time that he played uh he he had some dangerous attacks and nearly set up what would have been a beautiful goal from Alexis who came on as a sub and Alexis had uh, a great scoring chance a shot that just grazed the outside of the goal post it would have been a lovely goal late in the game to give Inter a 2-0 lead. But they ended up closing this out at 1-0, did the Nerazzurri. And I'm going to look through some of the player ratings from Sempre Inter and see if uh, see if I disagree or if any of these stand out to me. They gave Milan Skriniar a 7. That sounds about right. Samir Handanovic a 7. Uh, Handanovic actually made a couple of important saves in this one, including... Uh, a save on a direct free kick in the second half that was really – it was a great position. It was just like five yards outside the box, centrally low. It was kind of like uh, you know a long penalty kick is basically what it was. And Handanovic made a great save diving to his right. Uh, Stefan Devray is six and a half. Bastoni is seven. Dumfries is seven. I probably would have gone 7.5 for Dumfries uh, scoring the goal and playing well. Vidal, they gave a 6.5. Sounds about right. Rosevic is 6.5. They gave Hakan a 6. I, I thought, to me, I thought he was right there, 6.5 with the other two. I mean, he did have a yellow card for a handball, but it was kind of unavoidable. I mean, he was sliding to block a shot. Um, they they wrote about him, almost impossible for Hakan to keep playing like he has been playing since the Milan Derby. Still a pretty good performance, but in Tadisi have been spoiled. They gave Perisic a 6. I thought Perisic was probably a little bit better than a 6. I would have given him a 6.5 or a 7. Uh, he was really creating some dangerous chances in the box that I thought his teammates should have done more with. They gave Jekko a six and a half. I, I almost would have given six and him a half. I would have given him a seven and a half. That's what yeah. I mean. I wanted to hear about Jekko, man. Like I thought, second half he was your best player. Are you kidding me? The guy, the guy did what he had to with a one nothing lead, and yeah. and then credit to uh, Patrick Kendrick, uh, who said on the uh, on on the call on football, basically saying that. You need your striker to hold up the ball when you have the lead, mm-hmm. and, and he did that countless yeah, times. That's he fair. was running down that that wing so many times, winning challenges, holding it down the corner, trying to create chances. Um, I thought, I thought he was really good. I didn't really pay attention the first half because I was so happy about the Lazio win. That was just <laughs> I, I literally awesome. do this every game after Lazio. I just play off twenty tweets, and I play in the most annoying person on Twitter after a lot to win but um and could probably be the most annoying person when they lose too because they don't stop but uh yeah i thought jekyll was really good and yeah dave is right on a free transfer like yeah i didn't i i, I was called out in, in 
earlier this year about Jekyll. I, I used to rip on this guy because he played for Roma. But, of course. But like, well, and also, like, the, the last couple of years, he wasn't very good at Roma. Like, I, I thought this guy was past his expiration date. But, you know, he's, he's having a, a very good year overall this year. I, I think that – and, Jerry, I think a lot of times a change of scenery, it just motivates players. Like, being on a new team, you know, sometimes you just need a change of scenery. It's the Simone and Zaghi effect. I wrote this earlier in the uh, in the summer. I have tweets saved. I haven't tweeted out yet. I did my first one already that I said that Inzaghi will take this team to a Scudetto. And I've already said that yesterday. Interfans had to be patient with Inzaghi. The second one, I said that he was going to turn Hawkon into the next Luis Alberto. And that's exactly what that's he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing because he has that ability to make players better. And I don't think he'll be exactly like Alberto. I think Alberto is a much better player than Hakan, even though Hakan's probably having the better season. But there are various factors as to why Alberto hasn't been better. Still adapting under Sari, the slow start, not going to training camp for personal reasons, all that stuff. But that can't be taken away from what Hakan has basically been able to do this season with Inter. And, and that's that's Inzaghi. He did it with Immobile. He did it with a Cherby. He he's done it with so many players that, and that's why I said he'll do it with Hawkon, and he did it with Jekyll too. He's getting the best out of Jekyll, and he's having one of his best seasons. So, like, yeah. See, look, Jerry did did predictions. Erickson might have changed changed that, but things happen. Yeah, how do you add Erickson? It's it's he, that midfield would have been mighty mighty strong, and I think the the the. The gap between first and second probably would have been even further with Erickson in the lineup. It, it's it's funny how people didn't give Inzaghi enough credit that he deserved yeah. when he was at Lazio. And you have to be on a big team to, to, to be noticeable. And right. I hate – Lazio's not a big team, I'll be honest, but they're not a small team either. They're, no. they're, they're yeah. in between, and – for what he did, and for people to be like, oh my god, Inzaghi is amazing now because what he's doing at Inter, it's like, no, that's bullshit, man. Like, what makes Inzaghi special is what he did at Lazio. It's not what he's gonna do at Inter. What 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 will cement his legacy is that he'll probably win a Scudetto now, and he'll be recognized for, as a winner. But when you really look back on what made him better, it's like it's like looking at Sorry. What made Sorry good? Not winning a Europa League with Chelsea. It's 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 the foundation and 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 what he created at Napoli. Yeah, and, and even to... Empoli. I mean, he did an yeah. unbelievable job at Empoli and then Napoli. Yeah, I mean that that that's really that, that, that's that's where he made his bones. That's the thing, right? And that's how Inzaghi made his bones at the beginning with Lazio, his foundation. And you know what? It's unfortunate what happened with Lazio, but uh, he's got the backing now, and he needs the players, and it's working out for him. So. Yeah, oh, and, and I'm truly, I mean, Jerry, I'm, I'm truly falling in love with Inzaghi ball. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really a, a fan particularly of one style of football. Like I, I didn't, I don't mind even if I'm supporting a team that is going to give up like 65% possession to the opponent, but then be more clinical on the counter, like the way that Inter was last year under Conte. I'm perfectly fine watching that. I like to watch goals. I like to watch wins, but Inzaghi ball has been a lot different and it's it's very aesthetically pleasing right and I know he runs the same formation as Conte the 352 
but the approach is is very very different. It's a lot more possession based, and he gives his players freedom. I think is the big thing, like freedom to make their own decisions. The way that Conte coaches, he essentially has a PlayStation controller, and it's like the, these guys know exactly which run to make. You know, there's really only one choice to make, and uh, a, a lot of one touch, very quick, very decisive. Don't waste a lot of time in possession. Whereas Inzaghi lets these guys solve their own problems. And as long as you have the players who can do that, and, you know, he had certainly some very creative players at Lazio who could do that. I mean, I look at how important Luis Alberto and Milinkovic Savic were, and, of course, Immobile really thriving under that. But, yeah, obviously he's got the talent at Inter to do that as well. Um, I, I would imagine as a player, it's probably more enjoyable to play for than a Conte, with the exception that players are happy as long as they're winning. So it's like, if Conte ball is, uh, and it usually does produce results, but if, if Conte is ever in a situation where his squad isn't getting the results, I think that's when players start to lose patience with it. Uh, as long as you're winning, you're happy, right? Uh, mm. But for Inzaghi, I, I think it's probably more of a of a pleasing brand of football to play. And it's very easy on the eyes. I, I, don't, I don't mind watching it at all when it's really clicking. Uh, we've seen some good examples of that in recent weeks. This was not necessarily the best performance from Inter today. Uh, but something, Jerry, we talk about a lot. It's always a good sign when even when you're at a match where you're not going to be in peak form every single game, right? You play 30, 38 match days in Serie A plus whatever competitions are in in Europe, Coppa Italia. There are a lot of games you play, like 50-plus games sometimes throughout a season. You're not going to have your fastball every single match, but a sign of a good team are the ones that can still grind out W's when you probably didn't deserve that. And I'm not saying Inter didn't deserve it today, but if it had been a 1-1 draw, I would have come away from that result saying, yeah, it's pretty much how how the flow of the game played out. I, a 1-1, I don't think Torino deserved to win, but maybe they deserve to get a point out of this game. But it's always the sign of a good team when you can grind out three points even when you're not at your best. No, for sure. Exactly. you, you got to find a way to, to win matches when you're not at your best, so they did that today. And and I thought that some of the substitutions that Torino made were kind of um, iffy. Taking off uh, Singo, I thought Singo yeah. shouldn't have came off. He was so effective down the wing. Yeah, he's dangerous, Bre- man. Yeah, Brecolo, <laughs> I don't know why Brecolo came off. I thought that Brecolo should – these guys, they're not – Torino's not playing multiple matches a week, so I don't know why you're not playing your best players till the end. Like – you're going into the break, so you should be playing Breckel until 90 minutes. I didn't think that the subs that came on really were that impactful for Torino, but again, they had the bulk of chances, and somehow they weren't clinical enough. And I, and I think the problem was that part was Inter defending very well, and part was Torino just not being decisive enough when they had their chances. They just held the ball too long and, and kind of gave up a lot of scoring chances. So it is what it is, but Inter capitalized on one of their chances and that basically, I think it was off a counterattack as well, if I'm not. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. It was a four on three. There you go. So that's normally how Lazio used to score last year. A lot of their goals came off the counterattack and and that's something that Inzaghi is very, very strong on, but um, I thought Bastoni had a good game today. Yeah, he had but an excellent game. I thought DeVry got lucky late in the second half. He uh, gave up a, 
of conceded possession in his own end, and it kind of resulted in that one. He yeah, you're right. In a good chance for Torino, where they were fortunate not, to, they were lucky, like Inter were lucky that they didn't score. And I noticed that the has been maybe their worst defender this year, if anything. I wouldn't say that that one mistake is. It was just a noticeable mistake, and, and, yeah. I, and I, I heard that he had a really good game overall. But I think that yeah, I, I thought he played pretty well. I forgot about the one you mentioned, and there there were a few times in the second half when like Rosevich had had a had a poor giveaway. Jekko had one, I believe, where they just like there there was a stretch. It was from like it started around. I think it was because I, I was paying close attention like to the clock. It was like around the fifty eighth minute when Inter just lost any control and possession and I thought they started to look really tired and it wasn't until like after the 70th minute once once a couple of subs came on that they that they got a little bit uh, you know they at least were at least they were counter-attacking right they were still giving up possession but from about the 58th minute to like the 72nd minute they couldn't even get the ball out of their own half when they would try to counter-attack just someone would screw up you know, and give it right back to Torino and enter his own half, and, and it was tough. But, yeah, I do notice, and and we'll move on uh, to Lazio in a couple minutes, Jerry, that, you know, if you look at if you look at Inter's recent results, um, it reminds me a bit of last season where, you know, last season, much like this season, they, they were leaky defensively for the first few months out of the year, and then they were just able to find the balance. They did it under Conte last year, and they seem to have done it now under Inzaghi, where uh, the defense is playing much better as a unit. Uh, I can't even, honestly, I can't remember the last time Handanovic had one of those bad errors that he's prone to. It's been a while, and maybe he's due for another one, but it's been a while, and they're keeping a ton of clean sheets. So they keep a clean sheet today, 1-0, um, and I, I realize there are some bad teams that they played here, so I, I'm not putting too much stock into this, but they kept a clean sheet, 5-0 against Salernitana, uh, they kept a clean sheet, 4-0 against Cagliari. Kept a clean sheet against Roma, which was very impressive, 3-0. Kept a clean sheet against Spezia. Kept a clean sheet against Venezia. Um, and then the last time that Inter actually gave up any league goals was November 21st when they gave up two goals against Napoli. So it's actually, Jerry, it's been over a month since Inter have conceded a goal in Serie A. That's been very impressive to me. Wow. Um I do know the only team that was able to beat uh, Inter in the first half was uh, Lazio. So that's right. I, I uh, I'll take my hats off to that one because uh, Can we play again. What on January tenth? I think. Yeah, right after the break, the yeah. second game after the break, and I think that is going to be an interesting match. And I do expect Chido Immobile to be fit and ready for that game, which will be a massive boost for them because they. They they will need him for that game especially. So, and what does it say? I, yeah, think I, I was just going to ask you if you agree with uh, with Gerald's comment there. Go uh, so so Gerald writes. Um, I think Lazio should sell their squad and rebuild. Players like Luis Alberto, SMS, and Lazzari need to go now. Now, Jerry, um, you can comment on all three of those players, but. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're now suspecting, uh, based on his relationship with Saturday and Saturday just getting an extension. You think SMS is going to be sold soon? I if I had to, I think Lazzari is the first one to go, and I think he may. There was a hint by Sorry basically saying that he could. He doesn't control the market, but mm. it was kind of along the lines that Lazzari probably is out. 
Um, it's unfortunate that he hasn't been able to adapt as a fullback. I don't think he's been that great overall. I would have preferred to see him more as a winger because he is more attack-minded compared to being defensive as opposed to Adam Marisic, who has been able to adapt to so many positions and playing as a fullback and, and really striving in that role because he is really good defensively, uh, Mar- Marisic. So I don't know what's going to happen with Latsidi, what the return will be on him. Um, maybe he goes to Inter. I think that could be a, a very good fit. If But I don't think they have the money to buy him. Yeah, and, and also, like, as long as, uh, and you know, Darmian has been has been out hurt. Um, he, he was doing really well. Uh, and now Dumfries is doing well on the right side. I just, I, I don't think that there's enough of a need to justify the cost. I, I think if anything... They would have bought him instead of Dumfries, and as long as Dumfries is playing well, I, I don't think that they can bring Lotsetti. I think Lotsetti goes I, in the in the summer. Either Alberto or SMS is gone, and I think it's more SMS than Alberto. And I'll explain why. And I, I wrote a tweet yesterday, and I, and I thought that the rumors of Savage leaving because of sorry is all BS. And and I'll get oh. to that. I'll get to that next. But it was all BS because I don't know how people can find dope how the relationship between sorry and savages and i can only say one person who will probably know best alfredo padula because he's yeah. very close to sorry yeah. and he's never reported anything so i thought and i and i wrote a tweet that if anything it's not because of sorry that he'll leave he'll leave because he's 26 years old he'll be 27 in february now he has two years left on his contract after next month uh sorry after this summer so if he stays the duration of his contract, he will be 29 years old in his prime, and he'll be entering in the later years of his career. He's, if anything, he's going to want to pull a Korea and leave now. Mm. If he's ambitious, though, it, all, it remains to be seen. Is he ambitious? Does he want to leave to go to a bigger club? Like, we don't know what his his uh, objective is, what his goals are. We don't. We can't really state that. Now, it's been clear that Latito wants at least 70 to 80 million. And we all know that he's not going to lower his price. That's that's certain. Um, Alberto, no, he doesn't go because he's locked up until 2025 and he has an additional year. When his contract's up, he'll probably be like 33 years old. At 33, he won't be the same player like Savage is. Right. Or when he's 33, Savage will be 29, 30, and he'll still have plenty to offer. Um, I think Alberto has hit his stride and he is comfortable playing with Lazio. Uh, and additionally, Liverpool has a kickback, like the redemption clause that when he gets sold, they get a 10 or 15 percent kickback. I didn't know that. Yes. So, so, so that, if, so that means you, that means you make a lot less money for selling yes. him, is what you're yes. saying. That's why his value is 40 million. Ah, uh, because they want to make 25. Now, basically, like. I don't I don't know what their their goal is, but like I said, I would would rather you can't sell both. That would deteriorate the whole midfield. You're 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 scrapping it all. It would send them back six steps. You need to sell a player in order to reinvest. Now it all depends. Maybe they they do sell Lotsity and they sell Marici, they get rid of him off the books and they get a striker, like a swap deal, say, with Galatasaray. That's been the rumor. 
for a left back. Um, I don't know. I don't know what 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 the future t- does lie for this team. It's very up in the air. But um, the relationship between Sari and uh, Savage is fine, and he actually quoted it today. And I thought, and I had to tweet this quote out because I thought it was really good. And Savage, I mean, sorry, laughed, and he basically squashed it all to mm-hmm. bits. And he, here, hold on, basically said, I only have one fight with Luis Alberto four months ago. I read one of the biggest fake news that I had a fight with Malinkovic Savage. I don't think so. So, so I, I like how sorry and sorry will not back down because he was open about him and Alberto and he is not yeah. gonna if he if he, he seems honest to a fault, yeah. Sadi. Like he there there are a lot of coaches where you can tell when they're talking to the media, they're holding things back, they're creating a narrative. Sadi seems like the type of guy who's like honest to a fault. Like he's oh yeah, yeah, I, I had a dust up with him, but that was four months ago. You know, it, it is what it is. Let me tell you the story. Like, I don't know. He doesn't seem like a bullshitter to me. No, exactly. And he started the game today. He wore the captain's armband. Like, if there was the reports, I was reading the reports today from a few days ago, and it said that he was supposed to be benched for for uh, today's game and set, like to stay back and roll. That was never the case. Um, it's all BS when it comes to Sergey Milinkovic-Savic. It's been like this for four or five years now. Mm. Unless United are going to spend $80 million, Lotito will not get bossed around by these EPL clubs where he knows they have the money. Yeah. He knows that Inter doesn't have $80 million to splash. So he would cut a bargain in the city uh, because he knows these teams don't have the money to pay. That's why there's a lot of like these friendly deals along the clubs because they don't have the money to yeah. spend like the EPL does. Well, and you notice a lot of it, and, and I think th- this is the stuff that the authorities are investigating with all this Plus Valenza stuff because you do a lot of these like deals in Serie A, I'll scratch your back now and then you scratch my back later, which, you know, creative accounting. But yeah, you see that happen in the league. And obviously when you're making deals abroad, you know, you're, you're not going to set up like these exchange programs with Premier League clubs where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll sell you this player, you know, for a little bit cheaper. You sell us another player. That happens a lot in Serie A, but it doesn't happen internationally very much. So I answered Ivano's question that SMS got into a fight with a sorry, right, Cherry? No, he did not get in a fight with sorry. Right. Or else he would have been benched today because he benched. Also, you guys remember, Alberto has been benched this year by sorry. Yeah. So he's not scared to bench Malinkovic Savage. Let's just put that to bed now because he doesn't put the name first. He puts the, the crest first. He said yeah. this already. A tribute got shipped on by the Curva Lazio. That is true now. Um, apparently, the Curva did not like the fact that after the game, he did not go to the Curva to clap last game. Like, I don't know. I don't know what these ultras are like. I don't see an issue why he didn't go. There I think are a lot, a lot of unwritten rules with all. Yeah, I don't get it. I think it's yeah. stupid, to be honest. I'll be honest. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll say it right now. I don't care if they get mad at me. I think it's stupid that they're gonna they're gonna send the Falconer after you, Jerry. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna sick the bird on you, bro. The guy had an injury. He played the last ten minutes with one leg. I don't know why we couldn't make a substitution. The the announcer on on on. The, the broadcast said that Lazio ran out of substitutions. Uh, this guy made like 10 calls wrong during the game. I was like, oh, my God. 
but uh, besides that, I was like, wait, we only use four substitutions. So if someone can clarify to me why we didn't, why we weren't able to use our final substitution was because the intervals we, probably because you only have three intervals to make them. Is that what it was? Yeah, because like you, you have five total, but you can't make five separate subs. You have to do like two at once a couple times because you have three intervals. Yeah, apparently we couldn't make a sub, and he was playing hurt, and he, we we actually used him as a striker near the end. It, it became a disaster the last five ten minutes. Like wow, yeah. So it oh, maybe he left because he's injured. Like I don't see an issue. They're, they're making it bigger than what it is for, for a Cherby. This guy's so vital to Lazio. The last two games, he's been so good. And if we sell this guy, we are, we're so dumb. Uh, the, well, the first priority at, at the end of the day is to, to lock up Luis Felipe. Mm-hmm. We got us, and apparently the deal's almost close to done. And after that, you do what you got to do. Um, the, the latest rumor is Kevin Lasagna is linked to Lazio. I like Ooh. it. I, yeah, I, I like it too. I like it, and it's funny because I hated this guy. My wife called me out today saying, like, I thought you hate Kevin Lasagna. And I go, I go, I do, but when you really think about how he plays, he's a 4-3-3 kind of player yeah. who can play between two wingers, and he's a true number nine. And he's a lot better than Murici. That's that's the thing. That's it, the big thing. That's the big thing is that – and I think the biggest thing is that he's affordable. He'll come on a loan probably. Yeah. And it won't cost a lot of money for Lazio. So it's a realistic winter transfer market deal that there are no ties. Like you have to think outside the box. You got to be realistic. You're not going to be getting a, a freaking gold striker coming in out of the blue. Like you need someone who can, who can basically back up and be serviceable. And I think that is, that is him. He's a third striker at Verona. Like he's no longer right. He's fallen down the pecking order. I don't see him playing a lot there. Um, Luis, I want Luis Felipe for Inter. Yeah. Well, guess what? He's not going to go because he's not going to play on the. He's not going to want to sit on the bench. Yeah, I, I that, get it. That's that's at the end of the day. That's that's a selling chip for Lazio. They're going to say, hey, guess what? You go to Inter. You're not playing. You're on the bench. And Felipe's like, well, I'll be making two point five million. Yeah. And I'll I mean, you know, the only thing I'll, the yeah. only thing I'll say is though uh, that I don't I don't think uh, I don't think Devray is going to be on the team beyond this season. I, I think he he could end up getting sold this summer. So I mean, I think that there could be an opening in the back three. Could be. Um, I think he's going to sign though with Lacha. I I I feel a, a bit confident that he doesn't leave. But um, as as like I said, Kevin Lasagna is is the only guy I'm confident in coming to Lazio right now. I, I don't know what they're I know that he wants a fullback and a striker. So but as as in regards to the season, so here here's a, a, a very interesting stat I wanted to pull up and I want to say thank you to Joe from Napoli Napoli Forza Forza Napoli podcast who kind of directed me into how to find this stat. So last year under Simone Zaghi after 19 matches Lazio were in seventh place and had 34 points. This year, under Sari, after 19 games, they are in eighth place with 31 points. It's not a big difference. It's not a big difference. And and it, and it to me, it shows that one manager basically kind of lost the team. Like he, he got to the point where he no longer was able to do what he did in his four, first four seasons with the club. 
and what made him successful and, and getting the best out of his players. And, and a lot of that is not on him either. He didn't have the depth to help him. Now, we, everyone's so quick to say that if we had Inzaghi, it would have been different. We'd be better this year. Not necessarily based on the stats because it's the same team, but like Sari is trying to implement a new style now. And to be subpar to where Inzaghi was last year kind of shows that the team is not that bad compared to what the season's gone through. Um, we hope to see a more progressive, kind of more direct style from Lazio in the second half of the year. It's a transition period. And and I right. think that people have to be very patient with Lazio. They're only seven points back of fourth place. Yeah, it's that's that's not that big of a gap. Not I mean, that big of a gap. I mean, it's, it's 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 tougher when you think about who they're chasing, um, because like what what makes it tough is, and let me uh, hold on, let me pull back up the table. Like se- seven points is not massive. Like if if Lazio go on like a five game winning streak or something at some point, then they're going to be right there. Obviously, if you look at who's in the top four and who's right outside the top four, um, you know, Inter, Milan, Napoli, Atalanta currently in the top four. Napoli right now is descending. Atalanta sort of treading water right now, but we know how good they are. Juventus are ascending. Roma kind of up and down right now. Fiorentina, I think there's going to be a drop off. But like in order to get a top four spot, you need basically two out of these three teams to really drop off Napoli, Atalanta, Juventus. And you can, I guess you could throw Milan in there and even Inter, whatever. You need, you need at least two of those teams to drop off severely while you ascend. So it's not going to be easy, but it's not impossible. No, absolutely. And, and I think this point makes me laugh. Lazio need money. Um, I would have said yes last summer, not this summer. We got investors now. We, we have Binance that came in, and, and I think there's going to be some funding in to help them. you got a car company now too, right? Well, apparently we've always had that, just that they kind of re-advertised oh. it. So Stephen Moore actually sent an article. I guess they've already been one of our sponsors. But um, I think they're they're doing stuff a little bit different now. Do, does Lazio need money? As far as I know, the liquidity, the liquidity index ratio is not an issue. And it's not selling Savage that they need the money. It's kind of getting the players off the books. That's more of an of a priority. Getting guys like Dennis Vavro off the book, uh, Marici, and and maybe Fadis as well. Like there are, there are players who are tying so much money that's killing them. It's not that they they need the money. They need to get rid of the money that's being chewed up in order to right. reinvest now. Um, I'll, I'll say that it's a good end to the year. Lazio have won two straight. I'll kind of give well, my- and, and before well, we'll wrap up in a few minutes, but before we do, give, give me your thoughts on the match today, Jerry. Three one over Venezia. Uh, I thought the the goal by Pedro three minutes in was brilliant. Uh, a Cherubi scored uh, with his shoulder. What fair play? Uh, Luis Alberto put the uh, put the nail in the coffin. Uh, Francesco Forte did score for Venezia. That made it one one. Were, were you a little bit nervous when it got to one one when uh, when you guys conceded? No, actually, I was not, actually. I'm going to be honest. Um, I thought that Venezia, for the first time in a while, just really sat back and didn't attack a lot. They really – it was weird. Compared to, like, how they played against, like, Juventus, 
um, other clubs this year where they really were not scared to to go all out on on out. They really didn't. They had a few good chances, but they didn't really scare Lazio as much as I thought they would. Um, thought Pedro was probably our best player in this game. Yeah, he he has probably. Uh, uh, aside from Chiro Immobile, I, I think maybe it's it's debatable that Pedro's been possibly better than Immobile this year. And possibly, and 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 it's because. He has given that leadership. He stepped up in the absence of Immobile this year. He he's provided key goals. He's kind of like performed at a high level, always consistently playing a hundred percent, always trying. Tensity is there, pace, running, never stopping, playing into what sorry is asking for. And I know that he's a sorry player given his time at Chelsea, but like I said, it's it's debatable. I think that you can you can argue that maybe Pedro has probably been our best player aside from Immobile. Um, I thought overall the game they played well. They they made a lot of really quick one touch passes in the midfield where I thought they were moving the ball really well, protected it, um, got into good areas. Alberto once again off the bench, proving to be a very effective player late in the game. If anyone's asking why did he start late in the game, it's because he's still recovering from an injury. And I yeah. and I and I have to give credit to sorry that he is really rotating the squad efficiently. Yeah. Like he, he brought on Andre Anderson today, which was really encouraging to see. It seems as if he's really giving him an opportunity and it may be that he's done with Akpa Akpro and, and and maybe reverting to a Andre Anderson kind of bench substitute player late in games. Um yeah Felipe Anderson he is very bipolar. I thought Dude, I'll he, tell you if Felipe Anderson could play against Inter 38 times he'd be Capo Canoniere. Like like that honestly like and, and it's not to say that's the guy that I would fear most against any other opponent. But when Inter go up against Lazio, and obviously he just came back after years away, but you know, it's like he picked up right where he left off. Like every time Inter go up against, like, oh, not Felipe Anderson. Yeah, with Anderson, I think that he, you know what? I don't think he was bad today. And I don't think he was great today. I thought he was in between where there are moments where he made strong runs and kind of won. One ball is down the down the flanks, and then there are times where he just doesn't make that full run into the box to chase down the ball to chase down players like Immobile does. Um, it, it Felipe Anderson is to me is still a good signing, regardless if he's bipolar or not, because we still made a freaking hell of a freaking profit off him from yeah. West Ham and we bought him back for peanuts. So I, think, I mean that was great so, business right there. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's not like we spent 20 million like Marici and, and we brought in a player. We we spent under three million dollars and and he's giving us what he can. I think a lot of it has to do with that Anderson is like a very effortless player where he does play hard but it looks like he's not playing hard at the same time. Like it's really weird where you think he's not trying and tr not doing much, but he really is in the way he plays. Um, 
overall, defensively, a Cherby, like I said earlier, second straight match. I think the most important takeaway from this from this game is that we are finding ways finally to score without Immobile. I know it's Venezia. I know the last game was Genoa, but it doesn't matter. These are kind of games that we kind of let slip away earlier this year because of our inability to win without Immobile. We lost to Vilhelis Verona. We lost to Bologna. And, and I know that they're probably on a different level, but you still got to figure out ways to beat those teams too without Immobile. And, and finally, we took advantage of two teams that are one not that great and one who's very fragile. And we did it on a collective basis. And, and we can't always rely on Chiro Immobile. Will Immobile score today? Will Immobile score today? And like I was saying earlier in the show, that's how Napoli kind of plays at times where they depend so much on Victor Osimhen that they don't know where all the other goals are going to come from. And so you don't want to think that way. And it's encouraging to see. And I think the guy who really has taken the, the, the team, and it's not anyone who we would thought, it's Pedro. Pedro's the guy who goes out and is leading with, with with the right performance, with the right attitude, the, the right effort, and it's really helping us a lot. And, and again, a free transfer. We guys want to talk about free transfers. Pedro's a free transfer who left Roma and said, "Hey, I'll stick it to them, and I'll 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 show you what I can still do at 34 years old." And that's basically what he's doing. Um, this team still has a far way to go. It, it still needs time to kind of adapt to a new style of football. I was like talking to Joe yesterday on the phone, and basically, it, it's I, I look at it. Some players are just not willing to adapt to a new style, but maybe maybe it's more that I'm wrong. And it's the fact that Joe said a good point. They just aren't able to kind of adapt to this style of football, yeah. and, and and it's something that they just can't kind of like do it or it just doesn't suit their style. Sometimes it just take it takes longer than half a season yeah. sometimes honestly like it's, it's not even January yet like uh you, you may be surprised man like so sometimes sometimes you get into you know we're, we're 19 matches in now so exactly halfway through you 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 may have some players emerge in January February we're like oh my god they they can play 433 now. I think the biggest thing in the second half is that we need to beat the mid-table teams to lower-end teams to, yeah. to stay in contention. Like, we dropped too many points against teams that we should have beaten. In the likes of Coyote, we dropped points against. Um, Torino, we dropped points against. And these are games that we're normally accustomed to winning, and that hasn't been the, 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 the case. But below us... What's he talking about? He saw you said Pedro. Uh, Pedro left to stick it to Roma, and he goes below he's, us in the table. He's sticking. It's got, it it's got more good. goals than it costs nothing. He's got more goals than Tammy Abraham. Wow! Yeah, so, banter. So, Let's get some banter. He's got more assistance than Yolo. Yeah. Fuck it. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's he is. It, you know, it doesn't, you know matter. It doesn't like? matter what the table is. It's what he's yeah. individually doing. You he sound like me. You sound like me when I talk to Milanisti about Hakan Chalhanolu. Yeah, like it's so <laughs> stupid. Like an individual player doesn't have to reflect on the table. It's what he's doing for his team, and him alone is doing what he has to. It's about team play, dog. Yeah, I, as a team, I think he's making his team better. It's a team sport, 
doesn't matter. You need every individual to step up and do what they need to do as well. If if one collective player, if one individual player does not perform well, it hurts 11 players. Yeah. And I think Pedro in the last few games has really stepped up with all our captain and has played a key part, man. Like two straight games he scored. I, I, I can't ask more from Pedro. Like he's undoubtedly our, our, our best performer after Cheeto. And it's like, for me, it's, and and if you're going to praise being one point ahead of Lazio, that's pretty, pretty sad. I, I, I guess, I, I guess there's nothing else to be, to be, to be happy about for Roma in the last decade has they haven't only won a tree, but you know what? You could take your bonsai tree. You can go plant it, it during the Christmas break. But uh, Did, yeah. didn't, the, didn't the tree get destroyed too? Like yeah, the tree. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Skamaka's father. God yeah. bless him. <laughs> but you know what? It's a good end to Lazio's season. Um, you want to go into the break on a positive note. And basically, they, they won today. And that's oh my it. god, that's, dude! That's and you're so right. Like Jerry, Jerry when you th- there's nothing worse than going into an extended break or an international break off of a loss or a losing streak, because then you're like, oh, I've got to wait like two two and a half weeks to watch my team play. We just it sucks. So like I, I know I know Napoli fans are feeling that today, um, but yeah, like in in your case, in my case, in the case of Milanisti who won today, Juventini who won yesterday. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's a totally different feeling when you head into a long break like this, like Jerry, Jerry, we can actually enjoy our Christmas. You and I, right? Like I feel bad for like freaking Azzurri fan, Phil and Sansone and our guy, <laughs> Joe, Joe from Fortunopoli. Like, these guys can't enjoy their fucking Christmas because they lost to Spezia today. I can no. enjoy my Christmas. I can eat the panettone. You can eat panettone. The Napoli supporters can't eat any panettone. Oh man. I like this quote here. And I'll end it with this actually, and I wrote this in my last article that for the Lazio, one of my takeaways in their general game was that Radu had came on in replace of Al Husai, and it wasn't Lazio. And I think this was a sign that Lazio is done with Lazio. And what was the case today? Radu started at left back, and I thought he played amazing today. I thought he was really good, and that's not going to help Lazio as well. So that just kind of like further cements that he's gone down the pecking order. So if if anything, it would be Marisic and Radu playing at fullbacks before Lazio. And the only thing that I can see Lazio doing in this team, he came as a sub today, came on and replaced the Radu at the 73rd minute. But um, I, I played really well. And, and that's a player that... Could have gone to Inter on a free as well, but yeah, um, that's right. I, I thought at one point I thought he was going to come, but I, you know what? I got to give a lot of respect to Radu because he never made a stink not playing all year, and now recently he's played I think in three of the last four matches, and he's become more of a bigger part to this team under Sorry and has really earned his respect. And that's a that's a veteran, a guy who's always did what is best for the club. That was best for the individual. And this is a guy who is a really team player of Lazio. So, yeah, credit to him on that one. Let's, let's say it's, it's been a fun show today. I want to throw some shout-outs to those who have been watching us live. And also, guys, if you haven't done this yet, if you're watching us live or if you watch the replay later on on YouTube, it doesn't matter when you're watching. 
do us a big favor and smash the like button. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe to our channel. But both of those things help us out because the more the more likes we get, the more people will will see this video pop up into their suggestions. It'll get the word out for Calcio Connection. Huge shout out. Uh, we've had a handful of, uh, of awesome blokes out there who have been very active in the chat today. Gerald, who I think uh, he's an Interista. David, who's a Laziale. Uh, Chris, who's a Aroma supporter. Uh, so we got a nice mix here. Um, I think this dude's a spammer, by the way. I uh, I see. I don't know if this is like if that's a link, don't click it because Omicron is on the other end of that link. Like you click that link and uh, who knows who knows what happens. So do not. Uh, I don't. I don't know who that person is. Um, and we saw Bilal was in the chat earlier. He is an Interista. I think he had to dip a little after a little while. Ivano, who is a, a Romanista. So yeah, I hope I didn't miss anybody here. But yeah, we really enjoyed the chats from everybody. And uh, and yeah, and guys, I want to remind you a few different things about the channel. We do put out audio versions of all these episodes. I'm going to have the audio version posted at some point tomorrow, probably tomorrow morning. So sometimes it's easier just to listen as a podcast in your car while you're driving, take it to the gym. So we will release an audio version for this. Uh, we also have a Patreon channel. Uh, where you can subscribe uh, for as little as three US dollars a month. You can look at the Patreon channel, I think, two different ways. Um, I've been putting out interrelated exclusive content on the channel. Uh, I hope uh, I, I want, I'm going to peer pressure Jerry to put some Lazio related stuff on the channel. Maybe we should start writing stories on the Patreon page as well to really blow it up. I've been putting inter stuff on the channel. So we mostly have. Uh, out of the nice folks that are subscribing and uh, and making donations to us. Uh, it's mostly inter supporters, a couple of people who are like impartial calcio. We did have a Roma supporter join the Patreon recently. Uh, so you can unlock content uh, usually once a week. And I'm actually going to do it more frequently after the holiday season. I'm going to start doing three or four episodes a week talking inter on the Patreon page. So if you want to subscribe there, it is Calcio Connection. Uh, it is sorry. It is patreon.com slash calcio connection. I might even have a banner for that that I can uh, I can put that up here so people will know. Here it is. So now you can see it on the banner. Subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive content. Patreon.com slash calcio connection. You will find us there. Uh, if you can make a donation as little as three dollars a month, it goes a long way to paying the various subscriptions that come with running this channel. Um, I think usually by the end of it. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, and Jerry, we don't like profit from the Patreon money. We put it right back into um, the storage space that we need to do podcasting and the editing software that I use. So uh, if anything extra comes in, maybe we'll be driving Lambos by, uh, by 2022 if we get a lot of money coming in. But Jerry, huge shout out to you, my friend. Let me know, are you doing any writing this week? Where can people find you? I wrote up on the game today, actually, and uh, I wrote a piece for World Football Index on MLS and the 30th expansion team, which could be Las Vegas. I think I mentioned that in the last pod, but uh, other than that, that's released. And that's it. Yeah, I I guess I, I can finally work on the articles that I've written like back in like June. I, I, actually, I just finished my piece on Senna Lulich that I wrote like six months ago. Actually got back to it. I got so many pieces I started that just sitting in the backlog. But uh, yeah, other than that, I guess I, I could finally finish some writing during the holidays and see how it goes. But uh, I, I'm I'm planning it maybe to 
turning everything off and just resetting that could help too <laughs> yeah but uh yeah that's about it how about a ferrari f50 yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly we're gonna get we're gonna get so many donations guys like if if all of you in the chat and about a thousand of your friends donate three dollars a month into our chat jerry and i can be driving ferraris by the end of 2022 let's make it happen man let's get jerry in a ferrari <laughs> you're funny let's do it all right that'll do it for this episode make sure you follow jerry at jmancini8 on twitter follow me at alex dono and check out all of our work the audio version you can find it apple podcast spotify wherever you find your pods and of course video right here on youtube subscribe to our channel smash the like button we will talk to you friends again on another episode of the calcio connection podcast ciao <laughs>